Good morning, Alex and friends. I'm Grace. Today is Thursday, December 14th, 2023, and you're listening to Alex's News. Turning first to our local weather here in Riverside, it's shaping up to be an unseasonably warm winter's day this December 14th, 2023, with a high of 70.9 degrees. As evening approaches, those temperatures are expected to dip to a low of 51.6 degrees. In our upcoming news stories, the House of Representatives has cast a pivotal vote to formalize the impeachment inquiry into President Biden. We'll delve into the latest developments as Republicans amplify their efforts to gather evidence of alleged wrongdoing. A pivotal moment looms before the Supreme Court, as justices are set to determine the legality of access to the abortion pill. This landmark case could redefine reproductive rights and access across the nation. And in international technology and defense news, Israel's military is at the forefront of innovation, having developed an advanced AI system designed for enhanced target acquisition. We'll explore the implications of this technology, the concerns it has raised, and the potential for its future adoption. Stay tuned as we bring you detailed coverage on these stories and more. Our top story today centers on the intensifying political drama in Washington. The House of Representatives has taken a decisive step in the impeachment process against President Biden. To break down what's been happening and what this could mean for the presidency and the country, we have our reporter Ethan with us. Ethan, can you bring us up to speed on this latest development? Sure, Grace. In a significant move, the House of Representatives, which is currently controlled by Republicans, has voted to formalize the impeachment inquiry into President Biden. This resolution passed with a tight margin of 221 to 212, and not surprisingly, the vote split strictly along party lines. By formalizing this inquiry, Republicans are pushing to gather more legal clout to access documents and witness testimonies. They're digging deep into what they allege are incriminating links between the president's family's business dealings and the president himself. So, Republicans are putting a lot of energy into this investigation then. But, Ethan, has there been any evidence that suggests President Biden actually committed any wrongdoing? As of now, Grace, no factual evidence has been presented to the public showing President Biden engaged in any illegal activities. Republicans, however, are persistent in their claims. They're trying to connect the dots between Biden's tenure as vice president and his family's foreign business deals. Among the most pointed allegations? that the president may have accepted bribes and that this profited his family. However, these remain allegations at this stage. And with every action, there's a reaction. How have Democrats in the White House been responding to this move? Democrats, along with officials from the White House, are strongly denouncing the impeachment inquiry. They're calling it a vengeful act designed to strike back for former President Trump's impeachments. More so, they're branding it as a political ploy, devoid of genuine investigative intent. The White House has gone so far as to label the effort a concoction based on lies, emphasizing the current lack of evidence. And then there's the timing, isn't there? This vote comes in the wake of charges against the president's son. Absolutely, Grace. Hunter Biden, the president's son, was recently indicted on tax evasion charges. Though it's important to highlight that Hunter's legal troubles are separate from the impeachment inquiry into President Biden, the timing has certainly added fuel to the political fire. It's a tangled web with serious implications on the line. 
Has there been any indication of how this inquiry might impact those representatives who supported it, especially in districts where President Biden won in the 2020 election? That's a critical point. This vote puts Republican representatives in a precarious position, especially those in swing districts that leaned toward Biden in the last election. Their support for the inquiry aligns them with their party, but it could alienate some of their constituents and affect their re-election chances. This story is a multifaceted one, to say the least. Ethan, any final thoughts on the potential consequences of this impeachment inquiry going forward? As we dig deeper into this story, Grace, one of the key factors to watch will be the presentation of concrete evidence, if it exists. Republicans will need to substantiate their claims to move the needle on public opinion and not just within their own ranks. The inquiry itself could have ripple effects, from influencing legislative cooperation between parties to impacting international perceptions of U.S. political stability. A lot at stake and many eyes watching how this will unfold. Thank you, Ethan, for this detailed analysis of today's top story. You're welcome, Grace. It's one that certainly needs close following. Indeed, it is. That was story one of three for us this morning. Stay with us for more updates on this developing situation. Turning to our next story, the U.S. Supreme Court is preparing to take on a case with profound implications for reproductive health across the country. To give us a deep dive into this issue, we're joined by our reporter Chloe. Chloe, can you start by introducing us to the current situation? Of course, Grace. The Supreme Court has agreed to hear a pivotal case concerning the accessibility of the abortion pill Mifepristone. The case focuses on some of the Food and Drug Administration's decisions from 2016 onwards, which made it easier to obtain and use the medication, even to the extent of allowing it to be available by mail. Now, these actions have been challenged by a group of doctors affiliated with the Alliance Defending Freedom, a conservative Christian legal organization. So, this isn't directly a debate about the right to abortion but rather the nuts and bolts of how the FDA approves drugs like mifepristone? Exactly, Grace. It's about the process and regulatory decisions that the FDA has put in place over the past few years concerning mifepristone. This isn't about overturning the FDA's original approval of the drug in 2000. It's those post-2016 actions that are under scrutiny, such as removing the in-person dispensing requirement and extending the window for its use. Can you explain what's at stake with these FDA decisions? What impact has it had? Well, these regulations significantly opened up access to mifepristone, the medication, which, according to the Guttmacher Institute, accounts for a majority of abortions in the U.S., could have its accessibility severely impacted by this case. And remember, this comes in the wake of the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, which already had states enacting their own abortion restrictions. The Supreme Court now has a conservative majority. What might we expect from their ruling? Any speculations about potential implications or consequences? With the court's 6-3 conservative majority, there's considerable speculation that they could rule in favor of tightening regulations around mifepristone. Such an outcome could have a chilling effect on access to medication abortions, even in states where abortion remains legal. It could also signal a broader stance of the court on issues relating to medication regulation and reproductive rights. And what's interesting here is that this case seems to raise questions about federal versus state jurisdiction when it comes to abortion policy, doesn't it? That's a key point, Grace. The complexity here is that the court, just last year, committed to leaving abortion policy decisions to states and the federal government. Any decision to restrict FDA-approved medications could affect that balance of state and federal powers.
You mentioned the Fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals' involvement earlier. Could you elaborate on that, Chloe? Certainly. The Fifth Circuit ruled that the FDA's decisions after 2016 should be put on hold, which set the stage for appeals and eventually, now, the Supreme Court's decision to take up the case. This kind of legal tug-of-war in the appeals process is not uncommon in litigation of such national significance. And I imagine the FDA's rigorous evaluation process is part of the conversation too, right? Absolutely. It's important to recognize that the FDA's decisions are typically based on extensive data review and clinical trials to ensure a medication's safety and efficacy. The actions taken by the FDA were supposedly in the interest of making mifepristone accessible while maintaining its safety profile for users. Thanks for shedding light on all these crucial details, Chloe. This could definitely be a landmark case with long-lasting effects across the nation. It certainly could be, Grace. We'll be keeping a close watch as the Supreme Court hears oral arguments and issues its ruling, expected by the end of June. Stay tuned for that, folks, and thank you, Chloe, for that comprehensive report. My pleasure, Grace. Good morning, and here are some other headlines we're following at the hour. 1. A major development in the political realm as a judge has temporarily halted the 2020 election interference case involving former President Trump. This comes after Trump filed an appeal claiming immunity, escalating his ongoing legal battles and drawing national attention once again. 2. In a significant show of unity fraught with political strife, every Republican in a key legislative body has rallied to initiate a probing process, even as some within the party express silent hesitations. Further details on the context remain scant at this time. 3. Turning to corporate news, an intense personal conflict has erupted into the public eye as a leading Amazon executive and a renowned Belgian filmmaker publicly trade accusations, signaling the end of what was once a deep and productive friendship. 4. On the international scene, Israel stands firm on its military operations in Gaza, persisting with its strategy despite a devastating ambush and growing international calls for an end to the violence. 5. And from Russia, President Vladimir Putin declares that peace in Ukraine remains out of reach until Russian objectives are met, offering a rare glimpse into the tactical mindset behind the protracted conflict in the region. As for a note of lightness in our report, the most uplifting news story we'd like to share provides a delightful look at global Christmas traditions that range from engaging fistfights to festive feasts at KFC. This story stands out for celebrating the rich tapestry of cultural heritage and the shared joy of holiday customs worldwide. A welcome respite from the more serious tones of our other headlines today. That's all from us for the moment. Stay tuned for more updates throughout the day. For our third story today, we're diving into a topic that is both cutting-edge and controversial. A recent report from NPR indicates that Israel's military has developed an AI system they claim streamlines operations and can potentially reduce collateral damage during their operations in Gaza. To explore the implications of this development, we have our specialist correspondent Ethan with us. Ethan, can you tell us more about this new AI system? Certainly, Grace. What we're looking at here is a system that integrates artificial intelligence to enhance the targeting process. Israel's military says this AI allows them to be more precise, hopefully reducing the risk to civilians during military engagements. Given the dense population of Gaza, such precision is crucial to mitigate the risk of collateral damage. 
It sounds like a step forward in military technology, but I'm sure there are some serious ethical concerns. What are some of the arguments critics are raising against this system? The primary concern among critics is the accountability factor. How do we assure the AI's decision-making process is transparent and adheres to international laws of engagement? There's also the fear that with a machine calling the shots, so to speak, mistakes could be made due to biases in the system or flaws in the AI's algorithms. Absolutely. Accountability and transparency are vital. Now, Ethan, Israel isn't the only country investing in this kind of technology, right? What other nations are looking into military AI systems and what are they focusing on? That's right, Grace. The United States, China, Russia, the UK, France, and South Korea, just to name a few, are all developing military AI applications. Each country has its areas of focus, such as the USA's emphasis on human-machine teaming, are China's investments in autonomous systems. AI's potential to improve efficiency and precision is drawing attention globally, and nations are eagerly investing in this space to ensure defense capabilities keep pace with technology. And with all this advancement, one wonders if there's any form of regulation. What can you tell us about the international agreements or guidelines to govern AI's use in military operations? There's something called the Political Declaration on Responsible Military Use of Artificial Intelligence and Autonomy. It's not legally binding, but it is endorsed by 31 nations, including the United States, setting out guidelines for countries to follow. This includes principles of responsibility, accountability, and reducing unintended bias or accidents in AI systems used for military purposes. Launched in February 2023, it seems to be an acknowledgement from these nations of the need for a framework as AI becomes more entwined with defense and combat. But is a declaration some countries sign sufficient to keep the use of powerful AI in check on the international stage? What do you think, Ethan? Do we need stronger governance? Many experts believe we do. Declarations are a step in the right direction, but the push for binding laws is significant. Some suggest that alongside laws, developing complementary processes to monitor and enforce compliance is essential. The consensus is growing as AI military technology progresses, so must our governance structures to ensure ethical and lawful use. It's clear the development of AI in the military is not stopping anytime soon, with Israel's system perhaps just being the beginning. Thank you for shedding light on this complex issue, Ethan. My pleasure, Grace. It's a story that will undoubtedly continue to develop and we'll keep our eyes on how these advanced systems evolve and how the world responds. That's all we have for now. Today's episode was made by Alexander King with GPT-4, GPT-3.5 Turbo, the Perplexity API, and the Google Cloud Text-to-Speech API. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.